Our theme of these lessons has been freedom from bondage. And um, we are looking at specifically around the time of um, the nation of Israel being in bondage and uh, also mainly the life of Moses. And we're on lesson number three, lesson number three, Exodus chapter four. And the theme tonight is bondage out of doubt, bondage out of doubt. Now, so far to this point, we've learned, and we'll learn even in a greater way tonight, that no one would have said that Moses was a confident leader. Even Moses would have said, I'm not a confident leader. And we'll look at that. We looked at that a little bit last week, if you remember as well. And there's something to be said, though, of someone who is a confident leader. That doesn't mean everybody has different ways of leading, but in the sense of Moses, um, over and over again, we'll look at it, that it wasn't confidence. If anything, it was a lot of doubt. Doubting God, doubting Moses. And uh, what we want tonight is to, with the Lord's help, we want to get out of that bondage of doubt. Constantly doubting God. Now, doubt will come. Doubt is somewhat natural. But with the Holy Spirit in us as a believer, we can overcome doubt. And I pray that we can uh, learn tonight some principles. I'm going to read you something that I made a note here to read it, so I'm going to do that. Many of us also struggle to believe that God could use us. We wish for a strong and godly marriage, but we believe that is only for other people with different upbringings. We hear messages about giving, but we decide that we must, that must be for the wealthy. We know God has called us to witness, but we suppose that only the talkative people can really do that well. We fail to see how God could use a storm to bring peace or how he could bring revival from the midst of apathy. Even though we hear the promises of God, we reason ourselves into a place of doubt where we subconsciously expect God not to keep his word. Nothing could be further from the truth. God is going to keep and does keep his word. Okay, number one in our outline, if you're taking the notes, the blank there is the reluctance, the reluctance of Moses. Look at verse number one, the reluctance of Moses. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Okay, even now, keep in mind what Moses has seen. We don't have time to go back and teach the last lessons, but Moses has seen a bush in the middle of the desert on fire, but not burning up. And he's heard the voice of God. God has spoken to him from that burning bush, and yet now he is still saying, he is still reluctant. He is still holding back, and he's saying to God, um, they won't believe me. They won't obey me. The word hearken there. They won't obey my voice. They will say, God did not speak to you. So even after the revelation of the burning bush, 
Moses is still contradicting the promise of God. Letter A, or number one, we see a lack of faith. A lack of faith. He does not fit the mold of the leadership that we think God would use. He basically said, God, you have made a mistake. I am not the man for the job. There's no way I should have been chosen. And so, God, you made a mistake. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, God, your plan that you have in mind, I just want you to know, God, that your plan is not going to work. That's what he just told God. Now, you know, we look at Moses and we say, Moses, you bonked your head. Moses, 40 years in the desert, you must have had sand in between your ears or something, right? But, you know, I have to admit that I've been guilty of that before in my life. God, this, just, this plan is not going to work. So we see a lack of faith. Why did Moses feel this way? We really don't know for sure. It could go back to maybe his decision that he made to commit murder, which was obviously a very bad decision. Perhaps this decision that he made was the all-encompassing one, and because of that, there was no way that God was going to use him. But Moses was right on one hand. Moses could not deliver the people. That's true. There was no way Moses could deliver the people, but God could. It's not about Moses, it's about God. And honestly, that's the situation in my life, in your life tonight. If I have a doubt, it really doesn't come down to me because I'm not capable of fill in the blank, but God is capable of fill in the blank. And so this is what it comes down to, that God wanted to deliver Israel. Moses could not do it, but God could. Moses was not going to conquer Pharaoh, but God needed a witness that he could use. How about Philippians 1.6? Philippians 1.6, I believe that the same is true today. God is still looking today for witnesses for him. We can't build a godly marriage. We can't build a godly home. We can't build a godly life. But God can. That's the whole point. Philippians 1.6, I love this verse. I love it every time I see it in the notes. I love it every time I see it in a, somebody preaching about it. Being confident. Just that two, those two words enough are, are powerful being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. Who began a good work in Paul? Who began a good work in me? Who began a good work in Moses? God Almighty. He began a good work in me. He began a good work, and he's doing a good work in us. He will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. That confidence that Paul is saying is not in Paul. That confidence that Paul is saying is not in, his, in, 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 in Peter or another Christian. Now, praise God, we can encourage one another. But this confidence that Paul has is in no one other than the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in my ability. It's not in Moses' ability. This confidence is placed in Christ through believing his promise that he will finish his work. It's his work. By the way... The church doesn't even belong to me. The church doesn't belong to you. The church belongs to Christ. 
Christ said, I will build my church. That's what we've been studying in the Farsi Bible study. What is a church? What does it mean? Why do we have one? Is it just a novel thing to do on Sunday and Wednesday or whenever? No, it's not. It's, 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 it's something that God has established. And it's not just a novel idea. It's God's idea. But God will build it. How about 1 Thessalonians 5.24? 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Faithful is he that calleth you. Paul again writing. Faithful is he that calleth you. I'm not calling you, but God might be tonight. God might be calling you to become a Christian. If he is, let me encourage you. Pick up the phone. Turn to Christ. Faithful is he that calleth. Maybe he's calling us to, to be uh, a better ambassador for him. Maybe he's calling us to be um, uh, even more faithful in our walk with him. Maybe he's calling us to be whatever. I don't know what he's calling us to be, but he is faithful. And notice this, I'm not the one doing it. You see that? Faithful is he who calleth you. So he's not only going to call me, he's not only calling you, but it is, Paul says he will also do it. Who also will do it. So he's going to give me the strength. He's going to give me the wisdom. He's going to give me the whatever he's got to give me. It's not even in me. He's calling me to do something that I don't even do, but he's using my hands. He's using my feet. He's using me as just a vessel. But it's God doing it. I'm thankful for that. G. Campbell Morgan had already enjoyed some success as a preacher. By the time he was 19 years old, he had already started preaching. But then he came to an eclipse in his faith while he was teaching at the Jewish, Jewish Collegiate School for Boys. Liberalism and German rationalism were becoming the accepted norm in many theological circles. And questions of doubt were beginning to plague Campbell. After struggling through questions regarding the, the reliability of God's word, Morgan finally turned directly and solely to the Bible for help. That's a good, good thing to do. He set aside all of the books he had been reading on both sides of the argument. He went to a bookshop down the street where he purchased a new unmarked Bible. Now, he obviously had a Bible, but he went and got a brand new Bible. As he returned to his room to study it, he thought to himself, I am no longer sure that this is what my father claims it to be, the word of God. But of this I am sure, if it be the word of God, this is a quote, but of this I am sure, if it be the word of God, and if I come to it with an unprejudiced and open mind, it will bring assurance to my soul of itself. If we will open this book with an unprejudiced and open mind and say, God, speak to me, guess what's going to happen? God's going to speak to you. It won't be out loud, but it'll be in your heart, and you'll hear it as loud as if it were out loud. 
Indeed, as Campbell studied God's word, his faith was renewed. He emerged from this experience absolutely sure that the Bible was in every deed and truth none other than the word of the living God. He then spent the rest of his life preaching that book. You see, even somebody like that came to a place of doubt. But what settled the doubt wasn't G. Campbell Morgan. What settled the doubt wasn't some theological books all over his bookshelf. What settled the doubt was the fact that the word of God is alive and it's true. And that was settled. The ultimate cause of all spiritual depression is unbelief. For if it were not for unbelief, even the devil could do nothing. It is because we listen to the devil instead of listening to God that we go down before him and fall before his attacks. That's a quote by Martin Lloyd-Jones. Belief. So we have a lack of faith, and then we see a lack of vision. Lack of vision. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Moses' lack of vision did not allow him to see what God wanted him to see. What is vision? It means biblical understanding. It means seeing the life the way God sees it. Now with these glasses, it helps me to have better vision. We're not talking about physical sight. It helps me to read in the bottom half and it helps me to see out there in the top half. But this is saying that this kind of vision will be able to see the enemy coming. I can see him coming. Because he's, he's brought this one before. Because I've got that vision to see the attack is coming. This is from the Lord. How do we develop vision? We develop vision from the Word of God. We develop vision from hearing the Word of God, reading, studying the Word of God, listening to it preached. We want to be able to see life as God sees life. We want to be able to see our home as God sees our home. A lack of vision can be seen in Moses' life. Sometimes our past affects our vision. Sometimes our past affects the vision of our future, and may we not allow the enemy to use that against us. To dwell on the past simply causes failure in the present. We need not do that. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Satan is very good at holding past failures against us. But turn with me in your Bible, if you would, please, to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. May our past failures not cause our vision to be clouded. May I say as well, may our successes not cause our vision to be clouded either. I think both of them can, can do that, can't they? Well, I, I, I figured this one out. I don't know if we've ever figured it out yet. That's why we need the vision that, to see it how the Lord would see it. 
Psalm 103 and verse number 11, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. We are no longer identified by sin as a believer. We are now identified by the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get any further than the east is from the west. It's impossible. So we have a lack of vision. So number one, let's go back to our text, Exodus 4. We have the reluctance of Moses. Okay? Moses was not looking at God. He was looking at Moses. And that caused the problem. Number two... We have the revelation of God. The revelation of God. Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? So again, verse number 1, Moses basically just tells God, this plan is not going to work. Better do over. Oh, isn't that something? What is, in, what is that in thine hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And I, did, I would do exactly what Moses did. Moses fled. I'm out of here. I don't like snakes. Letter... A, or the next statement, his power demonstrated. His power demonstrated. So think about it. Okay, Moses, what do you have? That's what God was saying, right? What do you have? Not what don't you have. Isn't that how we are many times? What we don't have. Well, if I only had this, I could do this. No, God said, Moses, what's in your hand? This is in response to Moses saying, it's not going to work. So now God has to once again show Moses his power. So Moses throws that, that rod down on the ground, as we just read in the text. It becomes a snake. And away, away went Moses. This is simply a rod. This is simply a piece of wood. What is this? And that's how we think many times. I don't have much at all. The, the boy in John chapter 6, he just had a, a five loaves and two fishes. I mean, what are they among so many? Jesus didn't need a sockeye, okay? That would be good right now, but he didn't need one. He just needed those five small fish and those two loaves. Or five loaves and two fish, excuse me. Two fish and five loaves. I mixed it up. That's because I was thinking about sockeyes. Okay, stick with the Bible. So it wasn't a matter of what they didn't have, but it was a matter of what they did have. What's in your hand tonight? I'm saying that figuratively. So what, what God is saying isn't just saying, what's in your hand, Moses? He's saying, what you have, is it yielded to me? So God's given all of us here tonight something. Maybe many somethings. And I'm not talking about a, something material necessarily. 
So what matters is what do I have that what I have is yielded to God. There's a song in the hymn book that says, I surrender all. That's really a tough song to sing. And mean it. Really, we ought to change it to most or some. I surrender some. Because a lot of times I don't know that we surrender all. So God was saying, whatever you have, that's what I need. That's all I need. I don't need a lot. God reveals and shows his power. Then something amazing happens. By the way, Moses obeyed God. Let's give Moses a little bit of credit. He threw it on the ground, like God said. You know, some, some of us might have thought, why? Why throw it on the ground, you know? Seven-year-old boys, why, 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 why? <laughs> you know, all those questions, those are good, it's good. It's how you learn. But Moses threw it on the ground. And it became a serpent. Moses took off, he's smart. And the Lord said unto Moses, verse 4, and now it really gets testy for me. The Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. I don't know. Moses obeyed again. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Verse 5. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. So my plan's not going to work, right, Moses? Okay, take that rod and throw it on the ground. Becomes a snake. Okay, Moses, pick it up. Picks it up, and it's a rod again. He goes, okay, I'm just letting you know. that I'm powerful enough. that they might believe. So he saw a miracle happen. He saw two miracles happen. He saw a rod become a snake, and he saw a snake become a rod. That's two miracles. Because he was willing to obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Verse 6, And the Lord said further unto him, Exodus 4, 6, So, he, he goes for another miracle. He says, put now thine hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. Another miracle by God. Hand turned into leprosy, leprosy turned back into uh, a perfect hand, if you will. God's power on display reminding Moses that he wasn't just an Egyptian, another Egyptian God, of which they had many, but he was the I am, of which he told him to tell him who that's who it was. So we see the demonstration of power. Then we see, nextly, God's promise declared. God's promise declared. 
So two miracles and now a promise. Look, please, if you will, in verse number eight. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. It shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice. In other words, he's going to go tell them what happened about the stick, the rod, and the, the leprosy. That thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land. Verse 9, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. In case they did not believe Moses' testimony about the rod and the leprosy, God says, I have another miracle that I, 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 I will do. He wanted Moses simply to believe that he was God. And not just that he was God, but here's the beauty of it, that he was going to be with him. Hebrews, book of Hebrews we read that, be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God wanted Moses to know that he was almighty, all-powerful God, but he also wanted Moses to know that he wasn't going alone. He promised never to leave us, never to leave us alone. But yet, I have to admit that we sometimes doubt the promises of God in 2023 as much as Moses did. We can doubt that a certain individual could ever be saved. We could doubt that a backslider will ever come back to God. We can't do anything right we, as we think. But yet the Bible says we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. So which is it? We're tired, we're weary. And yet the Bible says, come unto me, all ye that are, that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Said that this morning. We might have a bit of worry, and that's never a good thing. It's actually not, a, it's not advisable according to the Bible. We can't go any further, but God reminds us that his grace is always sufficient. We feel alone, and yet God's promises are there to never leave us and never forsake us. I have to ask you tonight, not necessarily to answer this out loud, but to think about it uh, tonight. Are you listening to, am I listening, are we going to listen to our doubts, or are we going to listen to God? That's your choice. That's my choice. If I listen to my doubts, I can tell you, it's going to push me down, down, down. Because the enemy will make sure that I have plenty of things to think about doubting God. But I think tonight, I know tonight that we must not listen to my, our doubts. We must listen to the promises of God. We must not listen to reason. But by the revelation of God's word. It doesn't make sense, right? We talked about that in the last series. A lot of these principles. That if you lose your life, you save it. That's, that doesn't make sense. But that's a biblical principle. 
If we give, it will be given unto us. You would think we should always just keep it all. But that's not a biblical principle. And it goes far, it goes a lot further than just finances. See, I, I have a hard, I have a hard time sometimes of letting God's revelation guide my life. I have a hard time doing that because I am allowing what I'm thinking about to guide my life. Now, I should be thinking about his revelation. You know what happens a lot of times? We're thinking about anything but his revelation. We're thinking about the difficulties, the challenges, whatever it may be. They're never going to listen to me, God. You know, we're thinking about all these things, and yet God is saying, Listen to me. I'm here, and I'm also going with you. Anyway, life doesn't run by what I think, but what God promises. The reluctance of Moses in this task was matched by the revelation of God who spoke truth, but also he didn't just speak truth. He showed his power. I've seen God's power in my life. I'm not talking about spooky stuff. I'm saying I've seen God do things in my life, not just me personally, but I've witnessed God work that there is no explanation, absolutely no explanation. And honestly, I, 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 I desire that in a greater way, but I'm in the way. <laughs> you know? It isn't God that's, not doing it enough. It's me that I'm in the way of seeing it, and I need to get out of the way, and I need, to, I need to open my eyes and behold wondrous things. I need to walk by faith, not by sight. I need to say, uh, as, as the disciples, increase my faith. He's not done revealing himself. He's not done. He's not weakened his hand is not shortened. His ear is not heavy. He loves you tonight. Number three, the resources of God. It was one thing for God to say what he would do, but in Moses' mind, it could be that it was another thing for him to actually show it. So Moses, now after all of that, look what Moses does in verse 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, <laughs> I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a, and of a slow tongue. You know, so... Let's see. He's witnessed a burning bush that doesn't burn up. He saw his rod become a snake. He saw that snake become a rod. He saw his hand turn into leprosy, and his, hand, and his leprosy hand turn back into a good hand. God says, oh, by the way, if they don't believe that, I'm gonna, you're going to be able to go to the river, and you're going to be able to pick up a cup and pour, take some water out of the river, Pour it on the ground, and I'll turn it to blood. If those, three th those are the three things. 
And now, right after that, Moses says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot to tell you one more thing. I don't speak very good. I, I, you know, I, I, my tongue is just, it doesn't work right. When I want it to go right, it goes left. And when I want it to go left, it goes right. Nextly, God is our creator. I don't know if Moses, I guess, I guess we're like Moses too. Just we have short-term memory loss. You know, I might ask somebody, what is your name? If I've done it to you, I'm sorry, but what is your name? And then 30 minutes later, oh, by the way, what was your name? <laughs> Short-term memory loss. Moses just saw all this stuff, and then Moses has the audacity to say, oh, I forgot, I can't talk. Now, he's talking right then to God. I love God's response. If you've never read it, this is, this is, almost, this is funny, actually. There's funny verses in the Bible, by the way. Okay. And the Lord said, verse 11, unto him, who hath made man's mouth? Hey, Moses, who made your tongue? Who made your mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? God says, Moses, I made you. I created you. I made your mouth. I made your ears. I made everything about you. You're talking to the one who made you. And you're telling me, God is saying, you're telling me, my, I'm your creator, and you're telling me you can't talk. You're telling me that you're slow of speech. You're telling me that, you know, whatever, whatever, but I'm the one who made you. I know you from the inside out. He knew everything about Moses, and yet God was choosing him. Maybe he did have a slowness of speech. Maybe he was tongue-tied. Maybe there was something there. But God still chose Moses. And God has a plan for your life. And God has a plan for my life. And don't worry about what you have wrong, because God already knows that anyway. He knows that you might be insecure. He knows that you might have a fear of something. But he is the I am God. He created us. He can sustain us. God is our creator. God is our teacher. Verse 12. God is so loving. Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth. Isn't that almost funny? God says, go, and I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to make sure you know what to say. Look at that. I'm going to teach thee what thou shalt say. God did not just promise to show his power to the people through these amazing miracles. God did not just promise to say, you could go get some water and pour it out and it'll be blood. But God also was saying, I'm going to be right there with you, Moses, and I'm going to teach you what to say. 
In other words, I will guide your speech. Wow. As long as I am willing to speak, God will give us, God will give you, God will give me the right words to say as well. It is not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God is our creator. God is our teacher. Nextly, God is our helper. This is really an interesting few verses. We're coming close to the end here. Thank you for following along. Look at verse 13. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. (laughs) In other words, he's like, God, you're not enough. I need somebody besides you. (laughs) Wow. I need somebody to come beside me. And In other words, he says, I want to see somebody with skin on them. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron, verse 14, the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. (laughs) Okay, God's like, all right. You have a brother named Aaron, right? Right. Well, he's a pretty good talker. Notice this. I never really noticed this. Maybe you saw it. I've just been, I don't know. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. Where is Moses right now? He's in Midian, by the way. Aaron is not in Midian. Well, at least he wasn't in Midian. But look at this. This is amazing. I never really saw this. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth. In other words, notice, he cometh forth to meet thee. God already had Aaron coming from Egypt to Midian, hundreds of miles away. Because God in his foreknowledge, he knew this discussion was going to take place. This is amazing. And yet God was, he he got a little fired up here. But he still loved Moses and he says, oh, by the way, Aaron's on his way. This wasn't like just walking around the corner. It was coming from Egypt to Midian. And yet God brought Aaron all the way out to Midian. To intersect with them at this exact moment. Look at verse 27. Same chapter. And the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet who? Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of God and kissed him. Out of nowhere, Aaron is there. Wow. God is not limited. God is our helper. God is our teacher. God is our creator. Look, God has the answer. He's waiting for us to obey him. God has the solution. He's waiting for us to follow his way. And he kept every promise that he had made to God. Look at verse 31, please. This is our last verse. And the people believed. And the people believed. 
When they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their afflictions, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. The reluctance of Moses. God, this is not a good plan. The revelation of God. Moses, what do you have? The resources of God. God still has those resources tonight. Let's not be reluctant to trust God to supply whatever it is we need. Let's not doubt the I am. When, 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 we, need, when we need help, we go to the book. This helps me, this strengthens my faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I hope that'll help you this week.